When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, FPL managers? Welcome to a new video from Fantasy Football Scout. We're back after a golden game week nine for both me and Rob. We won't... We try not to gloat too much, actually. I still think I got pretty lucky, but yeah. I'm going to be humble about it, Rob. You can be um, braggy. How yeah, are you, no buddy? Worries, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Um, I, well, we'll be point blank honest that obviously me and you have got two specific players uh, in our teams. Um, I'm Subject actually of the thumbnail. Lukaku is injured yeah. because I think that had been the gap closed actually. But you've 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 pulled even further ahead with that uh, Lukaku problem. So, uh, but yeah. Fantastic! Like, I honestly can't remember the last time I got double, dig- uh, triple digits in a game week um, that I didn't use like any chips or a double game week, for example. So it's, it's incredible stuff for me. <laughs> Congrats to everyone who captained Mo Salah. Plenty in the chat. Um, Shakir saying that he's captained Mo Salah. I think quite a lot of people did. One hundred sixty-seven percent effective ownership, but nevertheless, it's a massive win with forty-eight points. Uh, we also have Mason Mount, both of us. Anyone who had him or Phil Foden is going to have a good game week. Um, if you didn't have any of them, fear not. There's always game week 10 to pull you back up the ranks. And we're here to help you with all of the stats and um, transfer ideas for you and your teams. Um, I was going to say, like, that I was, I, the reason why I thought I was a bit lucky today, Rob, is because remember we were in game week 9 video talking about, uh, was it Lukaku captain or Salah captain? And I was going Lukaku, you were going Salah quite correctly. Uh, obviously, if Lukaku played, he might, you know, he might have got three goals. He might have scored against Norwich. He might have hold, but um, who knows? And then obviously that makes me switch towards Salah captain. So I think a lot of people might have done, might be in the same boat. But those sort of circumstances make me do feel quite lucky that I, I captain Salah in the end. So it was it was definitely luck, not skill. But let's move on to um, to your team. Let's see how you got on uh, in game week nine. One hundred and one points. Talk us through it. I I actually feel this this is gonna sound really bad, but I actually feel a little bit gutted that it wasn't more. Um, so I'll just go through why. So I, I want to talk a little bit about Tony later and Brentford uh, and the issue of when do we start to pull away from that. I know they're going to go into a good run of fixtures. So I don't want to jump ahead, but uh, I had Livermento's second bench and Tony first bench. So I didn't get Livermento's nine-pointer. Uh, the last 10 minutes, you got a double clean sheet for City getting wiped out. Uh, Rafinha going off early for, for Leeds. Uh, and yeah, Tony doing nothing and uh, Gallagher not getting anything there. 
And yeah, but, great but, to clean sheet, clean sheet going in the last 10 minutes as well. <laughs> that was annoying. I, I did see that. I was watching a BT score, whatever it was, and I was thinking, Rob's yeah. going to be happy. But yeah, yeah. unlucky that Newcastle scored. Yeah, so I lost, I lost three clean sheets in the last 10 minutes. Uh, Rafinha going off injured early, and Christensen would have played instead of Tony and most likely would have got a, a clean sheet if he was in that Chelsea back line. But that's just the way it is. You know, Mount's gone out there and, and smashed a hat-trick and, and, and Salas. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about the predictions I made. Um, you said in the introduction about the captaincy and before Lukaku was injured, my hat was firmly rested on Mo Salah's head. Um, and I also said that I thought United were going to score potentially, but I was pushing the idea that Trent was going to get an attack in return because of the, the amount of space again, the half spaces. And it turned out to be true. There was a lot of uh, anger and disagreement in, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the chat and the comments just saying that it was rubbish, but that that's what happened. And, and when people look at ranks, so I know my ranks now like 629,000, but that's nothing to do with the suggestions I have or the advice I give or the football I talk about. How I play my FPL team personally is different to what I talk about on streams or videos. Like I play, I, I'll plot, I'll scheme, I'll make some crazy ideas, I'll do some silly moves and outlandish transfers and big hits. But that's just my own personal game to play because, in my opinion, that's how I think you'll win FPL. I, for me, having a stack of high top 10K finishes means nothing to me. I want to win it or I'll, I'll or I'll come last trying. That's just how I play FPL. And I, and I think there's a lot of issues going around, especially this game week, where there's such a gulf. It feels like a lot of the game weeks have been very tight. And this week, it's kind of felt like people have got 30 points, 60 points, 80 points, or 100, 100 plus. And I've already seen a lot of people on Twitter sort of talking about the mentally feeling uncomfortable or upset about all of this. So, you know, I would just suggest to try and relax, take your mind off it and, and just, just see it as a game. Try just, just have a fun week. Give yourself that, that, that freedom to, to, to enjoy uh, FPL and have a bit of fun and come to places like this and, and talk about it. Try not to take it too much to heart because it's, it's, it's a game. And I keep saying that. And that's why I make these crazy ideas and I try and back it with stats and evidence. But at the end of the day, uh, it's a game and we should chat about it and have some fun. It should be something to take our mind exactly. off life. Yeah. Not, not, you know, I've got quite a stressful job and I'm sure a lot of you guys have, this should be a place to come and take your mind off it and, and ease the stress and just chat football, chat FPL and, and, and discuss it this way rather than, you know, taking it personally to, to heart. So exactly. Easy like, to say now about a good game week, but I've had plenty of bad game weeks. This is what I was going to say. This is what I'm going to say. We've had a sea of mediocrity the last few weeks and we've done it with some, with, you know, my rank hasn't improved that much in the in recent weeks. So it's nice to have a golden game week where we can actually move our ranks up by 50, 60%, something like that. And I'm sure that plenty of others who have maybe had a bad game week this week have had some joy in the previous game week. So don't take it to heart too much. The, the nature of FPL is we're all going to have different teams. We're all going to do well at different times. So yeah, fear not, it's not the end of the world. Um, but you, you brought in Harry Kane this week, Rob. Um, are you still happy with that move? I think long-term... No, get... no, no, no. And this comes, back to, to, this comes back to my discussion of... I, I just took... the I knew, Vardy was a sensible option. 
he had the and I, and, I, and I feel for the people because did he have like a million new managers or something crazy? Like he had a huge influx. I think he's had two price rises this week, and he goes off at half time with I think he has a bit of an injury. Don't know how serious it is. I don't. I'm just. I don't want to upset any people to say he's got an injury, but he was taken off at half time, right? Yeah, precautionary. Um, let's just say that. So if if that's happened to you, I completely feel for you. That was the correct move. I probably should have made because I'm a big Sun fan. Like you know, like I would happily have John Ming Sun back in my side, not Harry Kane. But I just thought I'm not going to have a Lukaku sat on my bench, and I know that's <laughs> that's stupid now because it's blocked a, a nine point Livramento if I'd have done nothing. Um, but I just thought Kane scores in in London derbies. He's got a great record against West Ham. Um, you know, he, he looked, he, he was lucky. I know it's Newcastle, but he looked like he was bringing something back and he just completely reverted. He was awful. He helped me because his shoddy marking of Antonio gave Antonio his goal. So I'm going to actually give Kane an assist for that one because <laughs> he... Uh, he did nothing. But I do want to point out that I said it preseason and when people, and we'll talk about later about Kai Havertz and stuff if you want to, but I said last, but I said preseason Mount was my budget man. And I said, when you brought him in, I said, I completely, when did you first bring him in? Game week six? The first Who, time? Oh, Mason Mount. Oh, I've had him. Five, six. And then you took seems, Mount seems, back. <laughs> seems like Forever, all season. Right? I feel like I've earned Mount's points by yeah. the, the drama. And, and, I, and, and I got him on the wildcard because I knew it was coming. Like, And people say, well, how do you know that and not have us? But I said long-term stats. He was so impressive last year. And it's just the fact he got injured and then he had the international break and he, he got rested. Uh, it just felt that was the right move. To, to make and, and I said when you got him all that time ago I was jealous I wanted him too I could have gone for, for James instead but I went for Trent so it was just it was a complete a freak result from Mason Mount I, not, I would have just been happy with an assist to be honest because yeah, yeah, he hadn't got any yeah. returns it was completely out of nowhere um, I think it was a it was pretty convenient from the fact that Lukaku and Werner were injured, so maybe he had a little bit more attacking of an attacking role to play. But I think like when Reese James and Mason Mount both play, that Chelsea team looks a little bit more creative. It looks like they're going to construct. I know it's Norwich, so it's a little bit of a small sample size. But I think Mount and James play uh, in the next few matches, and hopefully Chelsea can create some more chances, whether or not Lukaku is back or or whatever. But uh, yeah, happy with that twenty four points, obviously, uh, and I feel like I earned it. Um, Rafinha, we've got to monitor him because he came off. Uh, fingers crossed he's going to be okay for Norwich away because that is a juicy fixture for Leeds. I want to talk about Antonio later in the show uh, because I'm I'm not sure whether he's sliding in form. Yes, he yes he has scored at the weekend, but his fixtures are getting quite difficult coming up and I wonder after Aston Villa this week whether or not he's a sell so we'll, we'll talk about that later on uh one last thing for your team Rob the 3-4-3 three, three is definitely out of the game forcing you to play 3-4-3 three, three with the auto sub right you were also five at the back or a four at, back, four at the back man uh, right I was four <laughs> and I had Tony first bench instead of Livermento so if I'd have put if I'd have trusted my own theory of playing defenders I'd have been uh I'd have been seven points better off. I thought Tony was unlucky not to get um, any returns in that game, to be honest. He set up on Buemo for a decent opportunity. We, we could talk about it. Uh, if you want to talk about it later, but I, I do want to talk about Brentford. People are going to jump on because of the fixtures and the price. I completely understand. But, you know, judging by last week, you're focusing a lot more on the fixtures and I was looking at the form. Um, 
we'll, we'll come back to we'll come back to Tony. Yeah. We'll come back to Brentford because we're going to look at the fixtures later on. We just want to get my team out of the way first. Um, 107. Not out of the way, not out of the way. Put it on the the the, the pedestal. <laughs> Put it on the, the podium. Got to celebrate it. So yes, 107. A... What a score! So it was 111 with a minus four. So very very decent. I made a last minute switch. Semedo to Livramento. Uh, before the deadline, and that paid off massively. <laughs> Nine points to Tomatoes too. I was so I was so annoyed when Burnley scored against Saints. I was like, typical, typical. Yeah. Tomatoes going to get yeah. a clean sheet now. But then Liverpool scored. I didn't. I haven't even. Oh, he hit the post like the corner. Like they got the corner. He hit the post. Ah, oh, just unbelievable. Oh, Some I, I've, I've made an early transfer this week, spoiler alert, and Tomato is gone from my team. Um, we'll come to that later on or reveal it, reveal it at the end. But Livermento seems to be such good value. Um, it just seems a shame to leave him on first bench uh, at the moment. Saints well, you didn't. Got... And look at well, it. It paid off like an absolute dream. Exactly. But those 50-50 calls, I wasn't, I wasn't like aware that one of them was better than the other. I think Wolves had a really decent shout to keep a clean sheet too. But I think those 50-50 decisions just work out for you. They balance out during the course of the season. So I will 100% take it. Uh, the rest of the team was was pretty decent. Uh, Jimenez getting a cheeky assist, Antonio with goal. Uh, my actual moves, I took a minus four to bring in De Bruyne and uh, Tony, um, and that that was an awful set of transfers because De Bruyne was benched um, and Tony didn't do anything. But I think long term, it's all right. Uh, I wanted a Brentford player for the upcoming decent three games they have. Uh, I think Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle, something like that. So, so definitely want to own Tony for that. And De Bruyne benching was really annoying because... Um, oh, yeah, you are just not having the... You've you done it with Mount. You've done it with De Bruyne. Like, you let me know who you're bringing in and I won't bring him in because he'll be benched next game week. I really don't... I was a real shock because I, he, he typically doesn't get benched. He's just he's a machine and he plays sort of 90 minutes game in, game out. But um, I, I, I can't imagine he will be benched many times more uh, fingers crossed i'm gonna to touch wood touch some wood are you, are you trying to uh to suggest a pep guardiola uh first 11 selection there but Ted? think about it the whole, whole of last season the whole of the previous season de boyne de boyne played what 90 percent of games i'd say if not more than that so i i think he's a I was going to bring in Mane. It was it was between De Bruyne and Mane, and they would have both got benched. So I think it's you know it's regardless. They well, both yeah, that was up. an odd one for me. Yeah, so I think De Bruyne is fine. Um, he'll either be a long term hold, um, or he'll be a place holder for Son game week twelve. We'll have to see yeah. on his consistency of starts. Um, but yeah, he's a, obviously it goes without saying he's an incredible player. Uh, happy to have two City for the Palace match coming up. Um, obviously, I have to monitor Rafinha. I've already made an early transfer, so um, Eva will have to play uh, Livramento um, at four at the back and just bench Rafinha and keep him, depending on how long he might be out for. But we'll wait until the press is to, to get final confirmation of that. But Livramento's got Watford away, so... Exactly, it's not, not a bad fixture. Although Watford did, did just score five against Everton, so not, I'm not sure whether it's a one-off or not, but we will have to see. Anyway, pretty happy with that team. Uh, we'll come back come back to it at the end, see how I'm lining up for game week 10, and uh, I'll reveal my transfer. Um, just, just, just the last thing about your team then, uh, just want to talk about Jimenez. Are you tempted to swap that to Huang? Or if, if someone was to ask you Jimenez or Huang, what would your advice be? Hundred percent, keep Jimenez. He's um... no, no, but like if there's someone in the chat that said, "Who should I get, Jimenez or Huang?" 
Oh, what, in terms of in terms of the cost per price, etc. Well, yeah, the, you didn't have him. You wanted one of the two for some reason. You sorry, got him the cost per point, I should say. Um, I, Huang's been incredibly clinical, isn't it? Four shots on target, four goals. So I, think I saw Seb say something like that. Yeah. Something like that. So I, obviously, I wouldn't say that that is um, that can't continue um, because it's just impossible so i think his output might de- might decrease or if his stats go up then it becomes um uh, likely to continue but i think jimenez is just a better all-rounder he has the assist threat as well as the goal threat the wolves highlights he could definitely have an opportunity to score in that match um so i'm very happy owning jimenez and, and wolves fixtures are still very good so um regardless of who you have i think you should be happy because as long as huang continues to score then yeah. and then what's the issue but i'm very happy at owning jimenez at the moment it's a really difficult front line actually that i think people are heading towards a cheaper front line because ronaldo and lukaku are, are blanking uh vardy potentially might be injured and kane is is another one which he might not have that value so tony antonio jimenez um callum wilson's back on the radar uh, as well as some other players so i think this is what we're heading towards uh although i am tempted to sell antonio coming up but we will have to see uh when the stats come up on screen uh but yeah I, i'm just going to play 3-4-3 for the rest of the season i think it's a it's a great formation i, I think it thinks it's it's 4-4-2 or 4-3-3 i think for me oh, that's fair enough you like playing four i was going to go for the big five but liver like I, when i talked about the big five at the back like double Chelsea, double Liverpool, uh, sorry, double Chelsea, double City and Trent. But I also, when I said, when I talked about that, I said, but Livermental is just that key. He's that, he's a guy who saves you 2 million that if you want to play five in the back and you play Livermento every week for the next five, six game weeks, why not? And put that 2 million elsewhere. So maybe in the future, I'll switch. I just can't get to it. I keep getting injuries to, to people. <laughs> Rudiger and Rudiger was out. Some was supposed to be out. Lukaku's out. So every week I've got something I have to do. Exactly. Exactly. But we're firefighting and trying to get the most of our transfers, which I've definitely not been doing. So um, I'll try and up my game on that part. Well, let's have a look at some fixtures. Um, top of the ticker we have here, uh, Brentford, uh, top of the ticker, Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle in the next three. With Mbwemo, I mean, if you have Mbwemo, you need to, or Mbomo, however you, however you pronounce his name, you need to monitor his injury because I think he's taken off at 60, precautionary, um, but check the team news. Um, I think he'll probably be okay uh, because I think him and Tony link up super well. I think probably Mbomo makes makes Tony a better asset. And if Rafinha's injured, I think it's a decent move from Rafinha to Tony, depending on how long Rafinha is out. Leeds are up there on the fixture ticker as well, second below Brentford. So I really want to keep Rafinha. I think he's really good value at 6.6. point six point six. always agreed. Always agreed. I think Rafinha is a wonderful player. However, Leeds are poor. Leeds yeah, at the moment. Really poor. Now... I'm not going to sell him unless I get the, the the knowledge that he's out. Like, he's definitely out for Norwich and Rafinha will be gone. But he's not had a double-digit haul and he's just got three goals all season. And I know it's only 6.5 and that's fine, but I just feel as though I'm happy to, to either move money from Kane and make Rafinha go to Sun, for example, like, so Kane down, Rafinha to Son. I'd rather make a move like that because he's a wonderful player, but there's, I think there's only just so much one guy can do. 
Yeah, I agree with that. And after this, he's got Leicester, Spurs, and Brighton. Leicester looking more um, like their old selves the last couple of games. You know, they dug deep against Brentford. They convincingly beat Manchester United. Uh, Spurs away. Okay, Spurs are pretty poor, but in general terms of them getting smashed, I don't think Leeds are the team to do it. And Leeds, just at the minute, are just so off the boil. They're missing a lot of personnel, aren't they? Bamford's injured, Ailing's injured. Phillips, I think, was on the bench again. So. Yeah, exactly. So there's there's a plenty of players that can come back in and bolster that side. And I think once that happens, Leeds might go back to uh, their usual attacking selves. But I mean, I think Rafinha was playing as a forward, as like a striker. Um, oh yeah, he was doing really well. But I just it's the rest of his team at the minute that I'm a little bit just thinking that I, I want Son and someone has to go. And it's not going to be one of my defenders and my only money is going to be Kane. I know it's a, people think it's a sideways move to go from Kane to Son, but I've watched Spurs every game this season and people might think I'm biased towards Son, but I'm just, I'm just not. If you watch the games, Son's the danger. He's on the set pieces. He's the man who Kane drops deep. He's still not 100% some way, either physically or mentally. Son's the danger man. And he's, and he's what, two million cheaper? I think it always, okay. yeah, I agree with you. I, I think it always depends whether you go saying um, Son or Kane depends on the type of fixtures. If it's like a really defensive team, a contained team, I think Kane is the better option because Son doesn't have any space in behind. Uh, he got he got plenty of opportunities against West Ham because West Ham play expansive football, and um, that counter attack which Spurs basically live off was was fairly effective but that's the only but, way i can see that they play counter-attacking football which is really limiting if if another team the opposing team works it out so it's interesting for me i i, I think either are good but in different situations let's just say that no. um but leeds against norwich like regardless of whether leeds are, are being poor i mean norwich are just woeful so oh. Oh, I, yeah. I think if if oh, I'm just yeah. going to pray to the FPL gods, please, Rafinha, can you be fit for that game? Because he, you know, even if he wasn't taken off, he might be even a captain, a differential captain choice yeah. against Norwich, yeah. like Operation Captain uh, pairs against Norwich. Um, but yeah, let's just finish off the re- rest of this fixture ticker because I want to look at some under and over performance quickly and we can talk about Leeds again then. Um, Liverpool at Brighton next, West Ham, Arsenal, basically a good array of middling and good fixtures. Uh, Norwich, Aston Villa, Burnley, three sides which we might have not considered. Plenty in the chat asking where Chelsea is. Chelsea's just below Burnley uh, with Newcastle next. And um, who have they got? Burnley after Burnley. that. So for two very decent, then Leicester, then Man United, and then Watford, then West Ham. So good fixtures uh, just below Burnley. Probably have the same difficulty. They're probably just yeah, sorted. Yeah, you could probably on. change United to a, to a green fixture now. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what's going to happen, but surely that can't continue. I, I think it's just the fact that Liverpool are so good this season. I, I think maybe they just they just made well, Leicester United weren't, bad. and Leicester uh, Leicester dominated them. I just think, and this is the reason I talk about Salah. We you, you yourself with the stats of of Manchester United's defense, and I think it was like four game weeks ago. I told you that Manchester United made the worst, the most amount of uh, defensive errors. Leading to a goal. And I even saw, yeah. a, uh, and I also saw like a stat in the corner of football yesterday that that said that they were like 18th, 20th, and 20th, and defensively it was like tackles won, challenges won, things like that, uh, and they're like relegation zone defensively. So, and that's something that that I pointed out a couple of weeks ago, and and it's it's still got still still occurring, still going on. 
Yeah, well, Man United have Spurs and then Man City in the next two, so it doesn't get much easier for them. So, mm. yeah, poor old Ollie. But yes, um, Norwich, Aston Villa, Burnley on the fixture ticker. I th- I'm not sure we're looking at many of those players. Like, if you wanted to, maybe Pookie is a shout at Norwich with those good fixtures, <laughs> but that's a stretch. Um, Watkins and Ings, at Aston Villa. I think when we come to it later on, Watkins has actually been doing pretty well for a number of shots, so maybe one to consider. Uh, and Burnley, not sure I'm particularly interested in them. But let's move on to talk about uh, under and over performance and. In, on this show, I'm pretty keen at talking about how that under and over performance switches between weeks to weeks. Um, we've got Chelsea, Liverpool and particularly Watford at the top here, ignoring Leicester. That is pretty much uh, due to the fact that they've scored a hell of a lot of goals in the most recent game week. <laughs> Chelsea 7, Liverpool 5, Watford 5. So um, they're overperforming at the moment, specifically um more specifically Chelsea, plus six point, whatever it is, six. Um, I don't anticipate that's going to continue. Um, but yes, I mean, you can see Liverpool there. Their XG is 16.76, which is, which is ridiculous. It's miles ahead of everyone else in the league. Um, Chelsea are down at 10. So even though they've scored 17 uh, versus that 10.36, massively overperforming. Um, but the thing, my point, uh, the reason why I brought, bring this table up, and I'm probably going to do this every week, is to monitor the teams who are underperforming at the moment, just to give a sense of maybe who might overcompensate in the next six game weeks, because we've definitely seen in the statistical models that it definitely happens. And what are we seeing at the bottom here? We've got Norwich and Southampton, who I think we'll probably ignore because they've been con- <laughs> they've been consistently underperforming. Yeah. We've we've seen that they haven't changed which means that probably the quality of their attacking players is just a little bit under par and probably that's a good segue into saying Leeds have probably underperformed because of that lack of first team personnel as well so maybe that doesn't indicate uh, a switch to a positive uh, XG delta the ones that I want to focus on are Man City, Brentford and West Ham all underperforming and all capable, all dynamic attacking teams who have some some decent figures coming up. West Ham doesn't, but um, the, no reason why they can't continue that XG and uh, overperform it. Antonio, I, I just don't know. I, well, this is what I'm going to say because you're like one of your theories that you you use as your FPL strategy is to to pick up on teams that are underperforming because they should reverse it. So if you're saying that West Ham are the third biggest underperformers right now for goals, doesn't that go against your idea of backing teams that are not scoring the goals they should? Yeah, it definitely does. But the problem is that they have difficult fixtures. So probably what that indicates from a, a statistical point of view is that West Ham's XG will probably decrease and they might start overperforming. So it might not actually matter. They might end up scoring the same number of goals as they they are now. Um, So, I mean, Antonio hasn't been doing amazing recently. So I I don't think if you get rid of Antonio that he's going to punish you too much uh, in this difficult run of fixtures. West Ham play... uh, who, who do they play? They play Liverpool, Chelsea and City in the next five after Aston Villa. So... And Wolves and Brighton are no mugs in between them. So it's a really difficult run of fixtures against the three most solid defences 
I can see a case for getting rid of Antonio, but then yeah. again, this strategy. Well, I, I, I said this two weeks ago, literally, because I remember you you were like, I unresolved no, and then last yeah. week you falter, <laughs> and then this week it's like, yeah, we'll probably get rid. And I agree. Like, and and this is another thing because, and and I agree with you. I said it two weeks ago, and I said it last week, and I, and I agree with you now um, that you're saying it. I think it's so easy when people sit in a video or on Twitter or wherever, and they say, after someone's blanked four games in a row, I think it's so easy to just be like, yeah, probably going to get rid. I don't think he's he's that good kind of thing or he's lost his form. But you're literally saying this off the back of him getting a goal, but still looking at his stats and still looking at the underachieving and still looking at his performances with the the, the courage to say, I'm I'm possibly getting rid of him. Well, absolutely. I, like it. I, I mean, admire it. That's the kind of, and this is dangerous, Ted. That's the kind of thing that I, I would do. So we'll, we'll come to it a bit later because I have the advantage of producing the graphics, so I sort of know what's coming. And there might be spoiler alert that Antonio's gone down in the stats. Let's just say that. Um, but yes, I, I think um, you have to multi-layer consider everything. I test stats, form all of this stuff, and combine it all together and if it makes sense then it seems and, like and it lot. wasn't some amazing goal he wasn't bombarding the the attempts i mean he's got one bonus for a striker that scored in a game that was that was one nil and it it, it was be- purely because kane did nothing on the corner and and antonio's you know he sort of toe poked it in didn't it he? In. so yeah. it wasn't some amazing goal where it's like oh yeah that, that's a flash of quality how can i get rid of him now it was uh it's just a goal off a corner, and yeah, I mean, West West Ham are a great team. They're only fourth in the table, something like that. So there's there's yeah, no, yeah. they're no mugs. They've got good players. Uh, they play creative football, but at the moment they're not scoring as many goals as they did no. at the start of the season. I just wouldn't get rid. It'd be next week when they've got Liverpool, Wolves, City, Brighton, Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. Um, Keeping for I, I was so surprised. I've I've been massively sort of against Arsenal this season because a lot of people saying get Saka, get Smith Rowe, get get Ramsdale, get Tierney, get Ben White, and I just thought Arsenal is so bad. <laughs> I couldn't understand it. And Arsenal were fantastic. I've got to give credit to. Them. I think they absolutely battered us. I was so surprised how bad Aston Villa were. So surprised. Yeah, I, I think um, Arsenal can turn it off and on at the moment, can't they? Um, but I think having Thomas Partey back makes a massive difference for them. Mm. Um, they played they played Aubameyang out front, didn't they? Saka in the middle. And Pepe makes a difference. I, I think they've got a good team and Arteta will get it going. But um, yeah, obviously they can have, have off days and that's definitely prevalent in an Arsenal season. So um, the only Arsenal player I have at the moment is Ramsdale and I... Not particularly sure. But that went, with that in mind, let's move to talk about goalkeepers. I've got the goalkeeper chart up here. Um, so you've got Guaita, Rob. I've got Ramsdale. And I think there's a lot of change afoot on this chart, basically. Mendy is the highlight. And he has not moved in the last five or six game weeks. He's always been top for XG Prevented. Uh, in the top right, Chelsea are leaky enough to, for him to be able to make plenty of saves during a game. So I think he's really justifying that six million price price bracket. I think if you've gone for Mendy, you'll be very pleased. With, he um, yeah, <laughs> and Christensen. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so just to just to um, run through the chart for anyone who might be a little bit confused about what's going on here. 
the icons towards the right hand side indicate that they play have a high lot of high amount of saves per appearance which is obviously good for save points uh and goalkeepers towards the top of the page have a good xg prevented which is uh an indication of their ability their shot stopping ability uh we've got schmeichel down there who's really letting the side down conceding way more goals than um he's actually getting uh, shots. So that XG on target conceded figure is the one above his name and the goals conceded is the one below his name. The 1.67 means that he's conceding more goals than the XG on target. Uh, and we can sort of apply that to the other goalkeepers in the chart. Uh, the other aspect is that we want those numbers to be quite low because that indicates that they're not really conceding much XG. So the likes of Ramsdale, 0 0.7, 0 0.67, that's pretty low. That's very comparable to City, to Chelsea. Um, who else? Maybe Brentford. Uh, I think Raya there is pretty uh, tough because that's indicating that he's not a good pick. But, I mean, Brentford have had a really tough run of fixtures in the last four. Leicester, Chelsea, West Ham, Liverpool, Wolves and Brighton. So, pretty tough set of fixtures. And I think that's probably skewing his um, his performance there. Because I think Raya is an excellent keeper. And you backed him at the start, Rob, didn't you? You were considering him over Guaita. Yeah, I, mean, I had him before Guaita. Then accidentally changed him on a wild card and priced myself out of him. Yeah, no. It, 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 but one of those I will things. say, Guaita has got me two points every game week so yay <laughs> something and now i have to decide whether to start guaita or foster this game week i think 4.5 million goalkeepers are pretty tricky uh, i think you're going to get yeah. good value regardless but it looks like sanchez and ramsdale are the ones maybe guaita uh third best maybe i don't know we'll see but i mean there's a lot of five millions out there there's a lot of 5.5 millions you can go with but i just don't think that they're that good value i think you either go mendy or 4.5 so well well i mean martinez i called him at the start of the season started the season he's four points behind martin uh, behind mendy yeah so but he's up there but he's five you know 0.5 less than mendy i would just go mendy for that for that increase six. Okay, fine. every penny counts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Edison and Allison. I would pay the extra for Mendy, though. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah exactly. Uh, this is the problem with with expensive goalkeepers. If they don't represent save value, they're not going to represent good uh, FPL value. Like Edison and Allison are probably stating at the moment, not many saves, uh, but they can compensate with some six point clean sheets every week. But it doesn't happen. You know, Brighton scored against City. Ruin some clean sheets for us City defensive double. owners. Yeah, double but, for me. But these things happen, and um, you know you need save points from your goalkeeper, a nice balance. But so here's a question for you, Rob: If you were wildcarding right now, which goalkeeper would you pick? All right, I, uh, Mendy. Yeah, Mendy. Mendy you, he, you, he, when I was making my decision, when I had double Chelsea, I went with Rudiger, Christensen, and Guaita, and gave my money elsewhere. But I think you were considering the same thing about do I go Mendy and one defender? Because at the time James was out, and Alonso was still on the start eleven, so we weren't looking at wing backs back in game week six, game week seven, because Alonso was the wing back, and Aspilicueta was on the right side, and James was was out or dropped and Chilwell was just not in the picture at all like three game weeks ago, right? Now he scored like three and three. Um, so he was the last decision I was going to make. It was Mendy or an outfield defender. And I just couldn't be doing with the idea of a random uh, Kepa 
goalkeeping situation. I wanted a goalkeeper that was going to play pretty much every minute. And that's the problem with like, the likes of Edison and Allison going off with Brazil. So, so I'll be boring and get those six pointers from players like that. But the issue that you're going to have is they go away for international duty. And Mendy, that was the nail in his coffin because he's off to AFCON. In yeah, but I mean, that's that's miles away. So you, oh, you... yeah, but just, just it was in the back of my mind. That I didn't yeah, wanna... yeah, absolutely. Um, your yeah. FPL station in the chat is asking about McCarthy. Uh, is he 4.5? I think he might be. Um, yeah, but you've got Livermento, and I'm not going to double down on the Southampton defence despite a clean sheet. But again, Forster is always in the back of my mind because remember, out of nowhere, Forster, Fraser Forster came back last year and got some game time. And he's 4.4. Like, if it was 4.5 and 4 million, maybe. But it's all, it's just always in the back of my mind. Like, Guaita is bang on nailed. He is, but Guaita it's Palace. Is bang on nailed. That's Pal- why I didn't go for Ramsdale, because Ramsdale is not. I think there's going to be a, a game week where, uh, hello, Leno, you're back in goal for a week. <laughs> Who knows? But I mean, the goalkeeper situation in any team is normally you give them a decent run of fixtures and then it's a fundamental change. Uh, I just don't think if, if Leno gets back in the team, I think it will probably be because he's lost faith in Ramsdale and it's just an easy goalkeeper transfer. Um, sure. There's too many ifs for me. I just wanted a nail goalkeeper. So that's fine. I, I think I my, would per- go Mendy. Mendy my personal view on McCarthy is if you don't own, own Livermento, then yes, yeah, Southampton do have a good run of fixtures. So um, I don't think it's a bad option at all. And Southampton have proven to be fairly solid at the back. So seems to be getting a few saves, but certainly not as many as other goalkeepers. So you are going to have to compromise in that respect. Um, but let's move on to defenders. Um, enough with the goalkeepers. I think um, most people have their goalkeepers set already if they're not on wildcard. But we've got the defender chart up here, which is the attacking prowess of defenders in the last six game weeks. have to say that this is not normalised for number of games they've actually played. So that means that Trent Alexander-Arnold, Chilwell... Uh, is Reese James on there? I don't think he is, but no. the likes of those guys, uh, they're probably suppressed. So, like, Alexander-Arnold hasn't played... Uh, I think he played four out of the six. So all of those numbers are just from four games, which is pretty encouraging. I wouldn't worry as Trent owners. They are incredible numbers, and we've seen that he just blows the stats apart in most full six game week periods. Um, Chilwell has done it in three game weeks. So six small chances for Chilwell, one big chance. And we've seen that obviously he scored three goals in three matches, which is incredible. Probably unsustainable, I, I hope, because I, I haven't managed to go Chilwell, but I probably would have if I could, if I afforded him, if I could have afforded him. Um, but insane, insane performances from Chilwell. Are you, are you tempted by him, Rob? Are you, are you... Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, when I said I'm going big at the back, I'll also, because I've got a good bench, when you was pointing out last week about like, oh, you've got, you know, Tony on your bench this week and sometimes Gallagher, sometimes Livermento. That's why for my four defenders, I'll punt on the the Jameses, the Chilwells, the Cancellos, the Trents, the ones that are the proper attacking ones. Or you look at this list, Rudiger, centre-half, second for small chances is, is massive. He just loves... A run down the middle, doesn't he? he? Does. He absolutely loves it. But I, will, I want to point out again that Matt Ritchie's on this list. Um, and <laughs> one of these days, people are going to start opening their eyes up to the, the, the joy that is Matt Ritchie. I will um, end the stream. I will end the stream, Rob, if you go on about Ritchie. <laughs> but as, as a serious point, someone who I pointed out after his very first game is on that list, and that's Cucurella at Brighton. 
Yeah, decent. Uh, yeah, lots of small there. chances created. His first one when I said he was the one that massively stood out to me. I think is it three game weeks ago, four game weeks, and since then it's had like three clean sheets and. Now he's popping up on this chart. So the problem with Brighton is they just don't convert their chances. It seems like um, every shot is off target, which is just a nightmare. But um, yeah, I mean that's a bit harsh because Trossard has been fairly decent. Um, but Kukurel is presumably just crossing the ball in, so that's reliant on on the bigger guys, the defensive uh, set pieces to to get on the end of it, and they just haven't been. So he he does look flary. Uh, I'm mm. not sure he's a legitimate FPL option just no, no, yet. Tricks, he's, he, he's just like, you can see Cash there in the small chances top five. Um, for me, Cucurella is just like the Villa players, like Martinez and Cash. And like Mings, I'm five million for a for a defender. That's why I went for Christensen. I was like five million for a, an occasional benching for a Chelsea defender, or am I going to pay that money for a for a mid to lower mid table side? Why would I? If they were all four point five million, it would blow it open because they they would be really good options for four point five, but five million plus for Villa and and Brighton defenders just. Yeah, they're just a no-go at the end of the day. But I like to shout about Rudiger. Like when we watched the Chelsea match, he had a, a really decent long-range shot on goal and he's clearly been doing that consistently. He's clearly had license to maraud forward from that centre-back position and uh, have a shot. So he might score one eventually. You never know. Uh, clearly has rule, license rule to do it. chances or something, isn't it? You'll know <laughs> that in the stats, in the stats world. Exactly. Um, another guy on here for big chances, Janssen at uh, Brentford. Um, they've got really three really good fixtures coming up. I don't see why Brentford can't keep clean sheets in all of them. Um, and if he's got additional goal threat, you know, Brentford are pretty good at set pieces. Uh, so... It's not just that, it's long throat. Like, they're not going to like it. I'm not, I'm not going to say they're as bad as Stoke. Obviously, they've got <laughs> some really nice football. But I tell you what, like when they were trying to pepper that goal, it was all about lobbing big lads forward to try and get a goal. Yeah. Launching sure. it in. That's all that they were doing, which is fine. But that's probably why Janssen's going to uh, stick out on that one because, you know, it's just launching into the box to, to, to the big lads in there. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if you haven't got big at the back, then maybe Janssen is a decent pick for the next three. But got tall at the back. Yeah. <laughs> Big at the back in another reason. Love that. Um, yeah, so Luke Shaw is the other one. He's got some fairly decent stats, but just terrible fixtures. And Man United are just... Uh, yeah, rule one, if you're him. getting a defender, you got to look at clean sheets and you're just not getting that from Manchester United. Like, And I sort of joke about like Matt Ritchie. Like, you're not going to go there, but Cancelo's top there. You could get clean sheets and you've got that attacking. Janssen... Big man in the box, but he could get those clean sheets. Rudiger could get you the clean sheets. That's why you're looking at those players. So you do want that attacking flair, but yeah. you do want to have in the back of your mind the idea that I reckon he could get a clean sheet here today. And uh, have you felt that way at all about Manchester United, especially in the last few weeks and with the fixtures coming up? They, no. To be fair to them, they have had a tough run. Liverpool, Leicester, Everton, so, Villa, No, no, no. Leicester were rubbish every game week before they played against Manchester United. And Manchester United are supposed to be a top four team. So there is no tough fixture for them. So it should not be for them except Liverpool, Manchester City and Chelsea. They are the only time that Manchester United should say, 
that's a pretty tough fixture for us today. Every other fixture, if you're a Manchester United fan or a Manchester player, and anything, anything connected to Manchester United, they are the only three fixtures where you will admit today could be a bit of a tough one. You, that anything else is is unacceptable for Manchester United. So I, tough, I will tough respectfully love. disagree with you on that one, Ted. Because just yeah, I don't think they were. They shouldn't have been tough fixtures. Tough love from Rob, but I completely agree with you. To be honest, um, I was just trying to be nice, but you know. Well, you that that's what this is, Ted. You're the nice one, and I'm the nasty one. <laughs> Good cop, bad cop, love it. Yeah. Right, let's move on from defenders and um, have a look at midfielders and forwards all combined. And um, I mean, there's an elephant in the room here. And it's a Mr. Mo Salah just setting the pace, just miles ahead of the rest. And we're talking about perma-captain Salah from now on. Seems like a legitimate option. And yeah. I can't really disagree with the community suggesting it. He's just pulls apart. I just don't see, even in the tough fixtures, it seems like he's the one. But... There's plenty of other players to talk about here. Uh, and Josh King is there for the first time. And uh, somebody in the chat, I can't remember who, said, why isn't he on the starting um, on the starting graphic, the thumbnail hat-trick hero? So, yeah, I've definitely missed him out. Uh, Deserved and his hat-trick against Everton. The problem is that Watford have some tough fixtures coming up. And um, he would be tempting at 5.5, but you've got, he's got Saints, which is OK. But then it gets steadily worse. Arsenal, mm-hmm. United, Leicester, Chelsea, City. So that's tough. So I'm not going to dive in straight away at Josh King, but keep an eye on him because if he, you know, if he uh, continues to do well, then um, when the fixtures do get easier, then he might be one to jump on. Uh, definitely, definitely some good stats. Um, but this is normalised, so just one game, one well, small sample size for King. Uh, take it with a pinch of salt because hat trick on his <laughs> in his one game against Everton, very, very decent. Uh, but yes, the chart itself is uh, big chances created. We're looking, we're just looking at the big chances today. The big chances created across the bottom. So players further to the right have a really good creative side. We've got De Bruyne there. We've got Tony. Tony's been good at creating. Fernandez, uh, Daka. Is if if Vardy's injured, could he get a run in that team? I think I think he's looked absolutely fantastic. I mean, was it four goals he got in uh, the Europa League? Um, it's just one of them. Like Iniesta looks now that he could be getting some starts. He's got another ninety. He got a ninety. His first ninety minutes under his belt, um, and he's so good. When they played with two up front, Leicester has just back to normal. They should have done this from the start of the season. I don't know why they didn't. I don't know what Iniesta did to lose his place at the start of this season, but. It looks like he's got it back, but that's Daka looks so good. He genuinely does. He looks exciting. He looks energetic. Uh, but I mean, he's played 84 minutes all season, but he, he yeah. did 45 minutes against Brentford. He got assist. He came off the bench against United and, and, and got a goal. And then he's got four goals in between that. So exactly. You know, that I have he's to... definitely one to invest in, but not in terms of FPL because I know, like you said about King, Daka is also the the exception to your rule here, where King got a hat trick, but it's like small sample size. 
Dakar's is 84 minutes all season so yeah exactly this is this isn't normalized for minutes this is just appearance so he's managed to accumulate this in a small number of minutes or substitute appearance that he's actually had um i have to say that vardy isn't necessarily injured it's just conjecture at the moment but um you know he he, daka could get a run in the side if 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 vardy is injured or confirmed out for a few games Uh, a lot of people in the chat saying ianacho is is probably the one that will take over uh, in advance of daka but there's no reason why they can't both play maybe in a front two two. they've gone back to two up front and they've been 10 times better since since they've done that so why not stick Dakar and Ineacho? Dakar and Ineacho as a strike force could be absolutely lethal. Yeah. Could yeah, be so never deadly. I mean, of course, when Vardy's fit, he, he's in the starting 11. But if he's out, Dakar and Ineacho as a front two. How much Lovely. is Dakar? I'm just going to look it up. 7.1. Oh, he's quite expensive. I thought he would be cheaper than that. I think he said yeah. it 7.5 went down, but I'll have to double check that. Or he's, or he's already risen in price for some reason. Uh, kind of puts me off a little bit. Yeah, no, he's gone from 7.5 to 7.1. Wow. Okay. So highly rated by the community. Well, then he actually went from 7.5 to 7.0. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, probably at 0.1 less, maybe in actually is a better shout. But certainly doing the stats, I mean, Dakar seems to be representing decent value. So, uh, yeah, again, take take it with a pinch of salt. But this is these are the numbers. Um, Jota's fairly close by, and Jota's always an enigma for me. I haven't owned him once this season, but I always kind of wanted to. Uh, and we've got that. I know we said last week that the 7.5 million uh, midfielder price point was super difficult. But ironically... They all did well this week. Jota scored, Foden scored, uh, Mount obviously got a, got a hat-trick for us and, a, and an assist. But um, it seems like it's going from there's no options, I want to get rid of them all, to I want all of them now. And I kind of want Foden, but I can't fit him in my team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suppose with that rotation risk, Jota maybe goes down a peg. But I think Liverpool is so good that maybe when he does start, he he probably just levels out the playing field and scores just as many. I think Foden was fairly fortunate with with a couple of his goals this week. Not not to poo-poo the ownership of, of Foden, because I think he's a great player, and I kind of want him as well. But his goals were kind of fortunate, I'd say. Um, but still... He had, the most, he had the most shots this game week. Yeah, exactly. With, with um, so, th- so the stats are definitely backing up. He seems really lively and he's, you know, if you look at these, this chart, like furthest to the top right, he's, you know, in the top five or six players for big chances. So uh, incredible stats. And, and who's to say, like, Mount's, Mount's chances were... Mount's goals were pretty lucky as well, like a long-range effort, a retaken penalty. Ah, it was an obvious retaken penalty. He meant to <laughs> nutmeg the, the, the defender to hit the post and in. I think, you know, easy, I reckon. Yeah, so I, I think if you own Jota, I wouldn't be in a rush to get rid of him because he's he's going to play most of the time, I'd say, and maybe miss one or two games here or there. But I don't think it's the end of the I'd world. I'd say the same thing for Jota. I'm, I'm the same as you. I've not owned Jota and I've not had Foden. But I'd say the same thing, the same feeling. And, and Greenwood would be in there as well, but he's dropped off now. That don't get them if you can't handle the benching. So, again, the reason why I've got more risky defenders and more risky players is because I've got a good bench. So, for example, I had Tony coming off the bench, which isn't bad. And Livermento second sub, which he gets nine points, but that's not bad, right? Yeah. I mean, you even said, like, oh, points on the bench. But I know I've got sometimes a risky starting 11. If you've got Jotun, you've got Foden, have someone, de- even if it's Livermento, just have someone first bench. 
and deal with it. If you can't, like, I'm not a person that wants to spend seven to eight million on a player and have that. Oh, is he bench? Is he? Oh, oh, let me wait for the clean sheet. Uh, let, sorry, let me wait for the, the, the team sheet and the lineup. Is he in? Is he not? Oh, is he on the bench? Is he going to come off the bench? Oh, is he going to block this nine pointer coming off this way? If you can't deal with it, don't have him. I think most of us are going to have fairly decent benches, aren't we? Because we've probably wildcarded in seven or eight. If you haven't wildcarded, then maybe it's not the world, uh, the, the move for you. Um, yeah. Because as you say, Rob, quite rightly, I think he, if you have someone who's rotation, uh, who might be rotated, then you have to have a decent bench. And that's that's basic FPL strategy. And for me, I mean, I'm probably considering a move to a 3-5-2 if I do downgrade Antonio to add to the 7.5 midfielders ranks. And I'll probably either bring in Foden or Jota. I don't know what, what which one it will be. But um, what was it? what is it that drags you? So Jota, I understand, but what is it that really drags you towards Phil Foden? I mean, the consistency of starts is pretty appealing. And he's playing as a striker. And before the game at the weekend, I would say that I'm... I'm not completely convinced, but I thought he was super dynamic in that game. And um, I think City looked decent. I, I, I don't see any other player that can play in that striker position as well as him, ironically, because Jesus seems to be shoved out, shoved out onto the right wing. Well, he um, asked for that, and he's been absolutely fantastic. He Honestly. Yeah, I've, I've exactly. I've been in his praises since the first 5 0 against uh, Norwich when... He was just phenomenal. Two assists. Foden could be that player that everyone sort of goes, oh yeah, he's all right. And then slowly the season ticks by and he's played every single game as Man City striker and you've never brought him in for some reason. And you go, why on earth didn't I bring him in? So I kind of want to get on that that boat before it sort of sets sails, really. Um, Look, look, you've just had Kevin De Bruyne benched. And I know he's down the middle, but maybe Kevin De Bruyne plays there. Maybe I mean, if you can handle it, but for me, 8.1 million is a lot of money for me to be worried every single game week. I mean, Foden's only played the last, what, four games? Two, three, four. Yeah, he's only played the last four. He played zero minutes from game week one to four, and then 18 minutes in five, and then 86, 90, 90, 90. I, okay, I just I'm just going to ask you this. Play. I'm going to play devil's advocate here because City's next fixtures are Palace, Man United, yes. Everton, West Ham, Villa, Watford, and West Ham's are Villa, Liverpool, Wolves, City, Brighton, Chelsea. Who would you have, just regardless of formation or anything? Would you have Antonio or would you have Foden? Antonio. Really? I'd Antonio. Have, I'd have Foden. Antonio, yeah, Antonio, because he's going to play ninety minutes and he could score a goal. Foden could play. Foden could score two goals in five games, but he'll only play two goals. He'll only play two games in five. I'm going to put a chat a poll up on chat. Who would you rather Antonio have? Antonio or Foden <laughs> in the next six? Antonio or Foden? I think that'll There's be a lot of recency one. bias or Ted biased. I think in this poll voting. <laughs> hey, how do I vote? I want to see this poll. No, you're this not allowed poll. to vote. <laughs> I vote for myself. Let's this see. Is a democracy. Let's see. Well, right, let's talk about some other players because there's plenty of others that are either split into the big chances or the big chances created. We've got Callum Wilson there, who's just come back from injury and sort of set the world alight a bit. He's been scoring fairly freely, had a really decent um, overhead kick at the weekend, uh, which <laughs> I watched the replay back of that. It just looked like he sort of fell over and, and with amazing technique. But still, I think, you know, Newcastle 
there's no reason why Callum Wilson can't score fairly regularly for Newcastle, but who knows? Um, Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, so good. I think it's because he's back and he's got Matt Ritchie knocking the balls into him, into the danger zones. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> Definitely Ted bias on this uh, poll, for sure. Voting hey. at 70%. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, if, 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 if 70% of the people want to be wrong, then that's, that's <laughs> good cop, bad cop again. Love it. <laughs> no, like I complete, like, honestly, if you told me, if you change the question and you say, okay, I, I promise you he'll play the next five, because like, do you have any doubts and like, not, let's not injuries and make jokes of his poor hamstrings. Yeah. Next five, Antonio, do you think he plays for five games? Yeah, I think he probably does, yeah. I think he... 90 minutes, 80 minutes, right? Yeah. Foden, the next five, do you think he plays them all? Maybe not all, but maybe most. I mean, he certainly played, I think, in the last six or seven games for City um, in the in the Champions League and in the Premier League, he's only missed one game, and that's pretty... Uh, it's a pretty strong case for saying that he'll probably play 90% of the games going forwards. Because as I but said... like it last year that Foden played and he was amazing and then he just didn't play for like five games? Yeah, but it's a different case this year because they've got different players. They've got different players playing in different positions. You know, Aguero and Jesus do not want to play as a... Well, obviously Aguero's not there, but Jesus doesn't want to play as a striker. So who else have they got? Torres? Torres didn't do that well at the start of the season. So if Foden makes that sort of kind of false nine position his own, then um, there's no reason why he can't continue to play there. I'm kind of like talking myself into into moving for him maybe in, in not this week, but, but yeah. maybe next week. I, do, uh, I think he's, he's a wonderful player. I think he's one of the, if not the most technically gifted young players out there. And, and if you told me that, if I felt more comfortable with him, then for sure. But I just feel like just does he play against Palace? Does he play against Club Bruges? He probably plays against United. I mean, if he's played against Liverpool, he's probably trusted to be playing against United in a derby, right? Yeah, 100%. But I mean, well, is your, is your would... only concern because you don't think he's going to start most of the time? Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of disagree. I've got no I... problems with his quality. I think he's absolutely fantastic. Um, and I and this, but when we started this conversation, I said to you, if you can't deal with the benchings, like I said, I I always can't. That's the same thing I said about Diogo Jota. If yeah. you if you can have Foden for eight point one million, and you see he doesn't start, and he comes off in the and he comes on in the eightieth minute and doesn't do anything, and gets one point. That's your decision. Live with it. I forgot right? that and Torres was injured. Fine. Yeah, Torres. he's injured till, but he's injured till like January. Yeah. So first of Jan. So who plays at that striker position other than Foden? Well, he can move Hazers there. He can move uh, De Bruyne there. He can play Sterling there. Sterling missed out. He was injured with like a back strain. They've got so Mares like, and it's not just about who can play down the middle. Anyone can. Hasn't Grealish played down the middle? <laughs> Richard in the chat, you, you need you need a decent bench, mate. <laughs> I know this is so annoying because last week I was getting pummeled for having points on my bench, saying, "Oh, why you got Tony on your bench, living That's a waste of money." And then I'm saying I can do this. Oh, well, you need a bench. 
people just can't make the mind up. You like, need what to go. To do? You need to go Foden, mate. Then you might use your bench. Go Foden. <laughs> I don't even think I can go Foden. Anyway, you know, I, I've I've had too much of a loving for Foden there, uh, only because he's in my in my thoughts. Uh, but you've got like Huang and Jimenez there. I think both are decent options. Mason Mount has come back, and I think most of those stats are probably just from that last game, to be honest. So <laughs> yeah, all I'm not, the stats. <laughs> I, I'm hopeful for the next couple of good fixtures for Chelsea that Mount could do something. But, I mean, long term, I probably won't keep him that much. I've sort of got what I needed from him, I think. He's never going to score a hat-trick again um, oh. this, this season, I don't think. Oh, I mean, claims. it was Norwich, and it was sort of a weird situation where other other players weren't playing for Chelsea so I yeah do you really think the Mount I mean he said before he said in the interview afterwards he never had scored one more goal I saw he'd never scored more than one goal for Chelsea in a single match so I mean that probably says it all um well he's an assister usually isn't he but yeah just just coming back like do you remember last week when people were joking again when I talked about it's not about Chelsea it's not about the player that plays down the middle it's about two Chelsea tactics. And you know when I listed off like all the every game that two Chelsea played, the centre forward, the guy down the middle, where Havertz played this time, where Lukaku plays, where uh, Werner used to play. And you remember when I listed off like zero zero one zero, and people were like, oh, yeah. you know, he's talking in binary and having a laugh. Like the, that was a, that was a really thing. decent start. That was a really decent the, start. The positions behind. Yeah. Lukaku, Werner, Havertz's position is the danger zone. So Mount and whoever's next one behind them. So when people were saying, like, if you brought Havertz in, I completely understand. Well, but when people say that Havertz was unlucky because he got nothing in a 7-0 home win as the, the guy down the middle at, at front is, is just wrong. Like, it is just actually wrong. Like, he wasn't unlucky in that game. If you watched it, so his form's not there, long-term or short-term. The eye test wasn't there. I thought he didn't play well at all. The stats aren't there. So his XG was 0.12. His XA was 0.04. XG on target, 0.05. His heat map is sporadic, not in the box where you want your striker to be. And again, this was a reason why I said I wasn't going to go for Lukaku. When I listed off the list, it's all about the tactics. So you can feel about Mount, but he hasn't played. But I just feel as though that that's why I'm probably not going to bring Lukaku back in because it's not that middle part for Chelsea. If you're going to go for the attack, it's the two lads behind him. But the one I want to point out, and sometimes there's a bit of FPL snobbery, in the community, you know, when people will mock like the casual players, right? But when do we genuinely agree or start to seriously look at Kovacic? Who knows? I mean, it's now, difficult and to I'm argue, not, isn't and it? And I'm not saying bring him in, but I will say that when I've made predictions or suggestions or, or when I've talked about a player and people give me grief and say, oh, he's a casual, he doesn't always talk about or whatever, there has to be a line of when we say... When is it time to seriously look at a guy who's 5.3 million? He created the most assists, uh, sorry, created the most chances this weekend. He's making those through balls. The danger man is the two behind the striker who rotate. You've probably got double defense uh, in Chelsea. 
why why aren't we looking at that guy? Why are we running to Havertz just because he's down the middle when I've already listed all the amount of goals that that position has scored, where Tuchel's tactics does not focus their primary uh, goal-scoring threat down that player down the middle. 5.3 million for Kovacic, who is on 46 points so far this season. So you, 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 you've got Ben Rama, who had a wicked start and has fallen off a cliff. For West Ham, right? You got Townsend on 47, Tielemans on 47, Kovacic at 46. He's ahead of Decore, he's ahead of Saar, he's ahead of Gray, he's ahead of Smith Rowe, Bernardo, Gallagher, Bowen, Fornal, Zaha, Rafinha, Suchek, Saka. He's ahead of all these players, but then casuals have picked him. But if you watch the game, he gets the ball, he threads it through to to the fullbacks who are scoring or to the players that play behind sort of the mount positions and, and he's getting the assists. Obviously, we were talking about his performance against Norwich, which was fairly decent, and he, he got a couple of assists in that game. Um, but the problem is that his attacking potential will be definitely influenced by the system that Chelsea play and that will definitely be hindered by the likes of Mountain James coming in and playing that creativity maybe in the tougher games Kovacic doesn't have that much of attacking appeal and I guess that 5.3 price point is super difficult to accommodate as well because mm. uh, but what are you going to do? You have to play three five two in order to accommodate him, I think. And I, I just a better bench man. Oh, I know you you want to play three Chelsea every week, but I just think five assists and, and a goal over the course of the season. It's fairly for good for his price, million. of course. I, I, and, I kind and, and he's a, and he's almost a ninety minute man. Ninety minutes, sixty four, seventy two, ninety, 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 forty five, seventy one, ninety. So. I kind of see where you're coming from, but it's a it's a Why bit not? of a stretch for me. I, I I'm not hundred percent sure. I, it, I just wanted to bring him in the conversation. Like a lot of people yeah, saying Havertz yeah. is unlucky and going for this guy, going for this guy. But you know, there's sometimes people get angry. Oh, you're going for coverage. That's such a casual move. And it's like, well, actually, stat wise, he's creating chances. Um, well, let's, let, let's only bring, five point three million. Let's bring it back to Havertz because I I, I I agree with what you were saying in terms of I think he had a poor match compared to the other players that were playing. He 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 lost the ball. His touch was poor. He didn't really deserve to get on the score sheet. But I understand where people are coming from in terms of if you think about the game objectively. If you had bought in a player who's a striker for Chelsea against the worst team in the league, it's unlucky that that player blanks. I think that's where they're unlucky. It's a little bit like City and it's a little bit like Chelsea, uh, sorry, like Liverpool, where that position isn't the goal scorer. Yeah, I mean, for me, no, definitely. In in a 7 0, if Firmino doesn't score, you wouldn't be as shocked if it was Mane or Salah that didn't score. Just because it's a big scoreline doesn't automatically say the big guy down the middle must score. Like it, it doesn't. Football doesn't work like that. It, yes, it was seven nil. Yes, they absolutely battered Norwich, but the goalkeeper didn't score. Yeah, and I know the completely different positions, but my argument is just because he was the centre forward did not entitle him to score a goal. Agreed. Because he didn't deserve it. He, no, nothing in the eye test, nothing in the stats, nothing in his performance said that he deserved anything from yeah. that game. It'd be interesting when Lukaku gets back because I think Reese James definitely helps Lukaku's goal appeal, certainly from the crosses that come in and Lukaku's headed goal attempts might um, might increase and those, those, those types of goals might get converted more often. Uh, and that might put 
uh, put pain to your your strategy, your sort of evidence that the too cool striker doesn't score many, which he, which is definitely the case because those those numbers speak for themselves. The array of zeros in the last whatever thirty matches is is completely prevalent. But I think yeah, I'm not in a rush to get Lukaku back in either. But um, I think he could he could be the one that sort of um, moves away from that that trend. <laughs> You know, you're you're a guy who who values the, the the points per million kind of idea. You're not going to captain him, are you? Or will you if if, if he's back? If it's a really if it's a game's gone. If it's a decent fixture, then I would. But yeah, you're right. I think he hasn't proven enough. He hasn't got enough form. His stats are fairly middling. So yes, I wouldn't. Which means yes, you're right. The 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 fact that he's a premium player means if you won't captain him, then it kind of makes it less viable to have a, a premium that, that actually is an interesting conversation to have actually if we're going to perma captain salah why do you need another premium i, I said this last week i said per, and, and literally we discussed that when i said you could play it really boring you could have a big back five perma captain salah and just rotate everyone else because the money you save by having no other premiums than salah and just maybe having a son will give you a such a good squad if you like, we get Ronaldo or Lukaku or Kane, but we're never going to captain him. We just captain Mo Salah, right? Which means that pretty much every other player over 10 million might not really be worth it, right? For points per million. So just imagine having a full squad of like your entire midfield. The the cheapest player is probably Rafinha. Your, yeah. your forwards are probably all six to eight point five million. Like your entire eleven would be strong. You just wouldn't have those breakout players but the premiums are not pulling the weight right now it's a really interesting one like it's it's nice to be creative and think of these sorts of ideas um but as soon as you talk it through you're like oh here are the pros and cons and i'm like oh my god what happens if one premium starts doing really well again and then he becomes how do i get back to him and that's the issue so it's all about maintaining that flexibility i'll go i'll bleat on and on about it but yeah maybe short term if you do have a semi-premium option like son in Maybe you can upgrade the rest of your team, and maybe it just it just takes two transfers to get back to uh, uh, like a another premium midfielder at twelve million, something like that. But yeah, um, let's talk about some other players on this chart. Like Benteke is an interesting one, and I, I can't even believe that I'm suggesting Benteke is a legitimate, legitimately viable option for your. He front was the three. biggest underachiever this week. Do you know that? Well, the I didn't. I didn't actually. Well, there no, you go. He but in, in a even more in a flary palace side, um, could he Big get down the middle? Who does get the yeah. goals? Yeah. They do focus on that big man in the middle. I need some more evidence for me to be able to... No, no, no. I've got two Palace. Trust me. You're yeah. all right there. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Me. But I definitely want to monitor. I mean, we're going to poo-poo him. I think he's... Is he, um... is he what? 5 million? 5.5? How much is he? He's one of those players you just don't even look at his 6.3. 6.3. Yeah, it's an it's okay price. If he continues to start to continue to score, then maybe, but... Just the fixtures are all over the place because the reason why I've not got like Umbomo Tony double up is because I like the I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to double up on Brentford as simple as that I just don't feel like the, the people looking at the price and looking at plucky old Brentford uh, and not actually looking at the points the players are getting um, one's enough for me I'm not going to double down on Brentford I'm super I'm super surprised like how creative Tony is like he must be towards Umbomo. M- 
specifically but, but you don't you don't want that from your striker that's just like a that's like a poor man's Firmino this is like, I don't want that from from my, my I want him to be in the box scoring goals that's why I'm like I said last week if you were to ask me take one on Bomo or Tony I'd take on Bomo because he's 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 gonna get you a goal more likely than Tony I kind of disagree with that because or even post. even though Obomo tends to have the chances that Tony might set up for him he he doesn't have that ability that finishing yeah. ability to oh, consistently yeah. most of his shots are off target we'll actually come to it in a minute um but tony th- these are only big chances and i have to say tony does shoot a lot but they're mostly from far away and he he does have a decent strike on him and he had i think he had a goal disallowed at the weekend as well so uh i think he's yeah just offside from uh, i think it was rico henry on the build-up yeah it was it was unlucky and he's and supposed to on pens he's a great option at 6.4 don't don't get me wrong yeah. and, and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get rid of him i've i've got i've got him in i'm a very so, happy tony but yeah. I, I just i just i just in FPL, you want your you, you strikers to score goals and your midfielders to set them up, and not the other way around. Um, well, you know, you've, you've fewer points at the end of the day, right? You've definitely have like other examples in the past few seasons, if even this season, to, to disprove that. I mean, Jimenez for one is a, a definitely an all rounder in that respect, able to score goals and assist as well. And I, I think that dual threat is almost uh, mm. even better than than maybe just. Uh, a one-trick pony sort of thing. But uh, just look at Antonio's position on this chart, by the way. Bottom left. Com- <laughs> yeah. This is what I'm talking about. He has sort of fallen by the wayside a little bit. Hasn't been as active, not getting those clear-cut opportunities as much as I'd like. So this is why I'm sort of suggesting Antonio out next week. Um, I wonder whether I'll go through with it because you kind of need an alternative as a forward if you're not going to take a hit, but you could have a hit to move to a 3-5-2 with a Jota or a Foden, which is probably what I might edge towards um, if I'm going to be a little bit more bold. But definitely interesting. A lot of premiums letting us down. Cristiano Ronaldo, Lukaku, De Bruyne, Fernandes, all not really doing that much compared to the likes of Salah. And if if you're honest to yourself, especially after this game week where people stepped away and they were brave. And even though Salah had United and I sat here last week and I argued and argued that Salah's probably the best player in the world right now. Uh, would Is there anyone out there, unless you're looking for a big risk and a big jump, you, you win, you win, you lose, you accept it, right? Don't moan about it. Is, is, are you, do you have anything in your brain that would pull you away from a Salah captaincy? What if if I was gonna if Lukaku was fit, for example? Anyone, anyone, everyone's fit in the whole world. Uh, <laughs> is there any game week that you can that you, that you're thinking about in the form that he's in? Let's say the game week 10, 11, 12, 13, Brighton, West Ham, Arsenal, Southampton. A- any game, right? He's fit until the end of December. Whatever. Is there any part of you for anything coming up that's making you think? I won't captain Salah. No, probably not. I mean, it's the boring no, answer. You, you, and because people say, oh, it's not about effective ownership, it's about points. I completely, I get it. I do understand what effective ownership is, but he's got the form. He's arguably the best player in the world right now. There's nothing in my head that's telling me don't captain him. So therefore, those premium options you've just listed just feels like a, a, a waste of money. If I'm just going to stick the armband on, on Salah, I might as well surround him with 
lot a full team of mid-priced players <laughs> and i can take the risks on Foden and yeah the players like that because i'll have like Jimenez on my bench or something crazy um so talking about salaperm captain i i personally really hate picking a captain every week i prefer if they just got rid of captaincy because i think you can grind to a better rank without that fluctuation mm, okay. so, yeah that's an interesting so take. so this take is the fact that if you, everyone's going to captain salah anyway then you sort of remove that volatility and everyone just sort of grinds away with their transfers. From the interest of uh, versatility in the game, it's actually probably an advantage if Salah keeps this form and then goes away on the African Cup of Nations in January because people are going to have to source other alternatives. And that's when it becomes difficult. But we've what we've got another couple of months of Salah potentially being on in red-hot form if he can continue it. Um, and then he goes off to the African Cup of Nations. So, I mean, it's not it's not clear-cut that he's going to be perma-captain for the rest of the season. Things change so quickly in FPL, and I'm no, there's no doubt that Liverpool will go through a rough patch. Just, you know, it won't be like a rough, rough patch, but it'll just be like they won't set the world alight with the number of goals they're scoring. So things will change, but for now, I think, just don't overthink it in Captain Salah. So, yeah, I think it's an interesting interesting situation it's, at the it's, moment. It's, it's, it's a gambler's risk, isn't it? Like... I completely get why you would not captain Salah in a game week. Especially the game week just gone, United away. Even though I, I made the points on this stream about a pro Salah captaincy, not just because of his form, but lots of other things we discussed last week. If you didn't captain Salah away to United, I completely understood the decision. Yeah, 100%. Compl- I, I'm not against it whatsoever. Because um, it wasn't but... a crazy call. But I just, he's just so good right now. He's really good. It's a risk. It's a huge risk. That again, people who didn't captain Salah this week have been massively, massively punished. Like, what was it? Is it Bournemouth when he did it to everyone? What when a lot of people sold him before a Bournemouth match and he went and got like a hat trick? That's what Salah does. But the difference that time is people sold him because he was out of form and then boom, he hit them. He has done nothing to deserve you not give him the he's he's scored in every game except one. Well, then I forget at home to Burnley, which is a strange one. Um, but he's scored in every single game. Why just wouldn't you captain him? I think the difference was before the Man United match, Man United hadn't been like super bad before that match. But this 5 0 thrashing really put the nail in that coffin, basically, and made Salah just even more gave it more evidence that he was a perma-captain option. Yes, he was super consistent in the previous games, but he hadn't scored hat-tricks. So, I mean, it was just... And against it was a tough opposition. And we were said beforehand when we had that argument about whether the, who was the best captain, against, Lukaku against Norwich or Salah against Man United. One of the arguments to say is Liverpool-Man United, it's a big match, it's a big yeah. occasion, yeah. you never know what's going to happen. And the fact that Man United completely capitulated to an outstanding Liverpool team is the outcome. So it's easy to say, yeah, Salah was the best captaincy option. But I feel like I got lucky because I probably would have captained Lukaku against a really good Norwich team. Uh, sorry, a really bad Norwich team. Um, you never know. He might have scored a hat-trick too. But um... I, I just fear now, though, people were brave last week, and rightly so, to have a go and attack rank. I salute you if you didn't think he was going to do it against United. And I completely understand why you captained against him. But I think that the game week just gone with a hat trick, plus the fact he's scoring in every game and the fact that he's arguably right now the best player in the world, 
I think now people are going to be forced to pick him as captain because I don't. I think that has scared. That's got people running from the battlefield in retreat for anyone daring to dream of not captaining Mo Salah. Is there is, is there potential that he gets a more than a two hundred percent effective ownership with like triple captains with, with, here and with there? With the fact that he's sixty seven point nine percent owned, it's crazy. And that's just gonna go up. That ain't gonna go down. He's he's sixty seven point nine. Can you think of a player who's ever been as high as that? I can't. I don't know. Maybe maybe Henri back in the day or something like that. Sixty seven point nine percent. It's absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> bonkers it's bonkers it's crazy. which means that if you've got the guts to go out there like i I've, i said this when i said lukaku is gonna get rest against norwich right and people were screaming at me it's not gonna happen it's rubbish and then the next day tuchel came out and said he's physically tired he's mentally tired and then he gets started against malmo and i was like i'm, I'm told you i reckon he's gonna get benched Mane's just been benched do you think there's any now? Do you think there's any possibility that he gets benched this weekend? Who? Mane? Salah. Salah, stop it. Right, we're moving on. <laughs> I've said this against Lukaku and he got benched. I said it. And I know he got injured, but I think Lukaku was going to get benched against Norwich. I do. The manager came out the next day and said he's physically and mentally fatigued. And the fact that he got injured against Norwich, that's what actually kept him out. But I reckon he's going to... But why not? He can't play every... He cannot play 90 minutes every week. I know that we're playing good cop, bad cop, but you've now gone to demon cop with mentions of Salah benching. (laughs) Right, we're moving on. There is a bit of a break. He plays on the 30th. Who have they got in the Champions League? Um... I can't even remember. I've moved on. I've moved on. I'm not talking about Salah benching. Um, I've got... He's he's gonna he's got Preston midweek in the league cup. You Stop can't be it. playing in that. Absolutely um, not. But no, he's got he's got Brighton on the Saturday, and then he's got um Atletico Madrid on the Wednesday, and then a top four game against West Ham on the Sunday, and then Arsenal. You are actually taking time out of my life to talk about Salabenching. <laughs> You know, people think I'm the mean one. That that is so mean. I'm telling you. I'll tell you, I, I hope that that if he get if he doesn't start against um, against Brighton, I, I hope I receive a a heartfelt apology from you. Mate, I'll send you a, I'll send you a card all the way to oh, all wow. the way to Taiwan if um if he gets That's benched. Lovely. That's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> A written apology, but he won't. So I think I'm I think I'm good. But anyway, we've moved on to the shot map, which is the average shot distance that the top players in the league in terms of number of shots. Uh, and this is capped at sorry, this is collared at 15 shots, I think it is. So like Thomas Party makes on makes it on here, which is weird. Um <laughs> We're super weird, but yeah, I mean, these these players in the last six game weeks have had 15 or more shots, and um, you can see Salah there with the most 27 shots and a massive green um, segment, which just shows that he has plenty of those shots on target, more than uh, any other player, so... And not many shots off target, so it just shows that how how good he's been. It's either blocked or ridiculous. I thought we'd seen the best from him, and then he sort of went down a little bit, like last season. 
for Liverpool as a whole. But again, I, po- I pointed this out about the the the, the key loss for, wasn't just Van Dijk's defensive ability; it was the it was the, the pinging balls he would do and to open up play and open it up for Trent and Salah especially. Um, that's what they really miss from Van Dijk as well as his defensive ability. But that he is just oh, out of this world. Just watching him, uh, even even when he scored that goal against Watford last week, and I've seen like the fan cameras like recordings of them at the game, and they clapped him. People yeah. think that's poor mentality, but you've got to appreciate football sometimes. Was it was it Ronaldinho against Real Madrid when he destroyed him at like 10, 15 years ago, or whatever? And the Real Madrid fa- fans clapped him because you you just got to be like, this yep. is beautiful this is football and i think you've just got to really admire that he's been phenomenal absolutely yep. phenomenal. enough loving for salah although i would love to talk about salah for the rest of the stream it's a shame he's gonna get benched <laughs> right at this week god i swear to god rob <laughs> right let's move on rather than salah yes we know salah's good everyone knows salah's good We've got Vardy and Antonio top of that tree, but they're shooting typically close to goal, which I think is fairly intuitive. Um, but the thing that worries me is about, about Antonio is that we, they're creeping up that percentage of shots off target. And if you're shooting that close to goal, it should not your shots should not be off target, really. Um, so you potentially, if Vardy's out, then that doesn't make him an option. But I'm just kind of talking myself into I don't really want Antonio for this next five after Villa. But um, it's good that he's shooting close to goal if you are keeping. Uh, in the next layer down, you've got Salah, Cristiano Ronaldo, Aubameyang, who's, who's the shot volume has increased for Aubameyang. He's actually not normally in the in the stats department. So um, are we not talking about Aubameyang for a reason? Why Why oh. not? And, you know, <laughs> for he, Arsenal. he could be a decent, he could be a decent pick. Um, well, Arsenal's fixtures are getting tougher, aren't they? What What do they look like? Uh, he's four goals and assists this season. Leicester, Watford, Liverpool, Newcastle. I mean, he's four point four percent owned, but not for me. No. Yeah, I mean, you never know because I, they're I not... just still don't trust. I don't know. I know they were so good against um, Palette uh, against uh, Villa, but I also said uh, the things I pointed out. I said Palace are going to go to Arsenal and do them over. And I was 10, 15 seconds away from being right. Whether or not Arsenal... lies right at the end. Yeah, which is completely fair enough. And I think, you know, I think I was in full agreement that Palace probably could get a result there, even though probably Arsenal went in it as favourites. But even if Arsenal aren't predicted to win every single game, I think Aubameyang could still be a legitimate option when quite a lot of the premium options in this game aren't really firing. So It's just 10 million... Yeah. 10 million for, for that's Son and Vardy money. You know, mm. it, it's no, 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 not for me. Okay, fair enough. Uh, worth monitoring. I'm going to monitor him. Who knows? But I mean, Mane's there as well. Watkins, we, we mentioned Watkins right at the start of this stream. Aston Villa are near close to the ticker. The problem is that most of his chances typically are small chances, and that's, you know, he might get a purple patch where he starts converting them, in which case maybe jump on him. But at the moment, if he's not scoring, then just keep keep monitoring the stats. I wouldn't be rushing to get him in until he starts scoring. Um, a bit further out, we've got Mbomo and Bowen. Uh, Bowen, I, Bowen seems yeah, to go under the radar. About, I want to talk Mbomo first because I made a mistake, right? when I When I said about the red part, and I'd said before about, and and you corrected me as well, because for me, when I was growing up, 
it, it counted. I, I don't know where I'd seen it, or maybe it's just my friends, but we counted hitting the woodwork as a shot on target. Now, I know the definition or how Optostats does it or how you do your grass. It's about uh, a goal-scoring opportunity that has been prevented yep. is a shot on target, right? But for me growing up, like if I smashed the woodwork, we'd just count that as a shot on target. And is it six that he's done? I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I mean, he's got 16 I'm, I'm, shots here. I feel here. confident it's six that he's hit the woodwork, right? It was six before this game week. So if he's hit, hit the post again this week, then it would be an extra one. But um... so we'll just go off six because we know it's at least six, right? So he's had 16. Now, if I'm not saying change it to green, uh, but six of those 16 have actually come off the woodwork. So when you say he's missed the target, it feels like he's 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 fluffed it. It feels like saying you know he's put it wide in a one on one or he's skied it on a half volley kind of thing. If he's had sixteen and six of those has hit the post or hit the crossbar, that is that deserves like a blue color or something. You know, yeah. like it's so close that it doesn't feel fair to say it's off target, but it's not technically on target. So I understand why people say, like, look at the red of Mbomo and, and you know, he's so not clinical. But six of his 16 hitting a post or crossbar, like people used to complain about Watkins doing that all the time, right? Uh, yeah, last so, season, so what you're saying... What you're saying is that though that red, that shot off target section isn't because he hasn't got the ability to get the yes. ball close to goal. It's just because he's probably a little bit unlucky that that it's shot... A, right, we're talking like an inch like yeah. if, or a spin of the ball that knocks it inside the post rather than outside. If you've got a striker or anyone that hits the post, you've got your head, like, oh, that's so close. That was that. The closest you can get to scoring is hitting the post or... But like I just cross- find it, I kind of find it weird how he is head and shoulders above the rest in terms of the number of um, shots that he's actually hit the bar. He, he's has six and the rest is like everyone else is on one or two or whatever. I just, is it a trend? Is it something that he just doesn't have that accuracy close to goal, that ability to adjust his feet, uh, enable to get it completely on target? I just don't understand. There must be something there that that maybe just makes him less good i i I don't know um but yeah i think abramo in the next three fixtures if he's fit of course is um he's a really decent option and there's no reason why he can't turn it around in terms of shots on target and tony seems to be feeding him in with um you know all of the all the big chances created so yeah i don't think there's anything wrong with abramo in uh, at all but well um, i'm I'm looking at his xg shots now and they look are on the members area and they look there's only one that's at the edge of the the side of the 18 yard box but they're all the red ones are all like on the 18 yard line down the middle like if you were to see oh this guy shoots from here it that it looks good it looks really 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 good um that I'm looking at it about him being clinical he's 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 inside the boxes by the penalty area um the XG for each one is like 0.2 or 0.07 or something like that. Like, I just, he's, I don't think he's fluffing it. I'm like, I want to bring it back. I just feel as though hitting the post or hitting the bar is like the closest you can get to scoring. 
So I just feel as though when people think you see the stats and you see the red and you think, oh, he, he must be, you know, just a poor finisher. I think if you're hitting the post or hitting the woodwork, I just think you're extremely unlucky. Yeah, I agree with you, to be honest. And um, it's definitely some good context you've add, added there because I think this this makes Mbomo look worse than potentially uh, he is. But Yeah, because if I sky it, if I absolutely fluff it and it goes out for like a goal kick next to the corner flag, that counts in, in this stat and in Opta stats or whatever brand of stats, whatever people use, right? That counts the exact same as me hitting the post. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the fact that he's on this chart in the top 18 players for number of shots is testament enough that he's probably worth that, whatever it is, 5.5, 5.6 million. Uh, is it more than that? I can't even I can't remember what he's probably It's 5.6. That's why I'm tempted to swap him with Gallagher, even though I like the idea of it changing. Gallagher, by the way, has been fantastic footballing-wise. Um, just maybe not there fantasy football-wise. And I said well, I didn't well, maybe want to double up on Brentford, but I might bring in Mbuemo if he's all right with his injury, and then in a couple of weeks take out Tony. So double up for that for that beautiful three coming up: Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle, and then shift Tony out and keep Mbuemo as my sometimes starting, sometimes benched guy because the numbers are there. That's it. When we say about what's the difference between like him and Traore because of his how many points he's getting and how many twos and I mean, he scored two goals all season. That's it. No assist, two goals all season. Um, and it's because of these underlying numbers. It's the fact that he's, you look at where he's shooting from and you look at um, how close he's getting. I know it's red here, but we know he's hitting the post or the crossbar. Um, I, think, I, think it, I think it's fantastic value. I think it's a decent move to move Gallagher to Mbomo right now yeah. because Palace have City and then, uh, Brentford have uh, Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle. So it's when we go to my starting eleven, you'll see why it's a difficult call. Okay, potentially. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Gallagher. Whenever I was watching like BT Sports Score or whatever, and everyone gives updates on the game, there was the Crystal Palace game, and every single update had um, a good play from Gallagher or a good cross in, and Benteke missed it or whatever. So clearly, Gallagher is is playing a part in that team and. We know that he's got really plenty good. of attacking returns. He plays as a centre mid that gets forward in the, yeah. in the, in the faces. Yeah, like a Gundogan sort of role. All the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. But sometimes they, I feel, here's the downside for Gallagher. They've got some really exciting players at Palace actually now, the likes of Zaha and, um, oh, I forgot his name. What's the young lad called that started? He got his first start this week. Elise? That's the one, yeah. They've got some exciting, and when like, Edson gets back, here's the problem. They're a bit greedy. There's a bit. There's sometimes when Gallagher's looking for that cutback, he wants them to drag it back to him, and they don't find him. Um, we like so. a bit of greed in FPL, though. I mean, Salah's not, the most... not when it's not my player being greedy. Yeah, it's the okay. others. That's the difference. <laughs> uh, so go and get your Elisa, your Zaha's. <laughs> Gallagher's suffering FPL wise. Fantastic footballing wise. I think he's having a great season, um, and he's and he's really important to the And you see, he he was the assist of the assist for one of the goals this week. That's um, usually the case, to be honest. Um, but that's something that I don't want from my FPL player. So yeah. I think maybe an Mbomo, uh Tony, double up. Because like I'm saying, you know what I said earlier about go Kane to Sun, but not for a minus, just sort of bring them in and then swap them around and then take the other one out. 
like that's what I'm thinking about on Bomo and Tony. Yeah, so I completely to bring agree. Bring him in, have him for a little bit together, and then Tony goes and then Bomo stays, kind of thing. I or, think or if I'll um, make the decision later, maybe th- Tony bangs and Bomo goes cold or gets dropped, and then I get him out instead. So we'll so come I'm to your team in a minute, but yeah, I think um, if Rafinha is confirmed out for maybe a few game weeks, then it's an easy move from Rafinha to Mbomo if you don't already own. Um, but I just want to touch on the last uh, few players on this chart on the shots map. We've got the players here who shoot fairly far out. Um, and these are consistent people. These are the Rafinhas. These are the Bruno Fernandes. These are the Yuri Tielemans. They always come on this chart and they're always at the bottom. Um, the thing that's sort of evidence for me is Bruno Fernandes has an increasing number of shots off target percentage. And that sort of worries me from a FPL perspective, not to mention, obviously, Man United's form and low morale after that. So if Bruno Fernandes isn't necessarily as good an option, he's maybe deteriorating a little bit. And if he's off penalties, then. But I guess it's not really that much of a concern for most FPL managers because they might have been off off him anyway, in preference to the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo. But just wanted to evidence that. I mean, I think Fernandes is he's, he's a super dynamic player with a lot of assist potential, but that the, the number of shots that he's having is just increasingly off target and. Um, that just that just worries me objectively. Um, we've got Ben Rama there, who is twenty one shots is very very decent. It's the third most on this chart. Um, not many on target, I'd say. So interesting because Ben Rama's evolution in this FPL season has been: I'm going to score loads at the start of the season without any stats, and then get all my stats and not score. So it seems a bit of a weird trend yeah. but um so we've got harry kane there maybe he's gonna get some form plenty of shots on target um i'd like to see him shoot a little bit closer to goal though yuri tielemans seems to be an in incredible form what do you think of yuri oh, tielemans what a what a strike that he got this weekend um i think is I, I think in a way similar for me to gallagher uh i think he's a fantastic footballer i think he's very important to leicester city he's 6.4 Three goals, two assists. Not, not for my fantasy team. I don't think. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, he's got two double-digit holes back to back, right? Two ten-pointers, but then the rest—that's just two weeks out of nine. Sorry, out of eight. No, out of nine. Yeah, but you still it's go. Not... You, you go Kovacic though. <laughs> but he's consistent throughout the whole season. That's my point. You'd go Kovacic and, and he's one point one million cheaper. Oh, my days. I, I regret bringing this back up, actually. <laughs> what? Tielemans has got one more point than Kovacic, and Kovacic is 1.1 million cheaper. So, okay. I, yes, I would pay one point... I would save 1.1 million for for one point. You've oh got me. Days. I'm not always playing for points. Sometimes I'm paying, I'm playing for money. But 1.1 <laughs> million is a lot. Oh, dear. I really, really, really hope Rafinha is fit for Norwich. I really, really do. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's such 100%. a pain. Such a pain. Oh, Lukaku getting injured for, for Norwich as well was a pain enough, but is everyone just going to get injured before Norwich? It seems like super torturous. Uh, anyway. And now they've obviously got the red card, the suspension in defence, and injuries and just general woefulness uh, for, for Norwich, to be honest. Let's um let's have a look at your how you're lining up for for game week ten and then we'll end 
the video after we've seen my team um, because we've been talking for an hour and 38 minutes. It's been quite a long time, but we've had a lot, of get, lot to get through. But um, we've got your team up on screen, Rob, with 4-3-3. I would expect nothing less. Captain Salah, what a shock. And um, yeah, talk us through it. Uh, yeah, I'm just thinking of Guaita or Foster, if I'm honest. Um, I, wanted, I wanted to roll a transfer. Um, so, the, so early when I said about Umbomo, why not bring him on? Because you look at my starting 11, and I've got Livermento on my bench against Watford. And let's just say I brought Umbomo on. I've got, I'm in that horrible situation where, again, it looks like I've got a good team on paper. It looks fantastic if they all start and, and everything's all sunshine and rainbows, but that's just probably not going to be the case. You know, maybe Christensen's dropped again, Mount has a rest, Cancelo. I'm baffled by Cancelo, absolutely baffled, because he's playing all the time. And it's one of those situations where he's going to get dropped now. He's going to get dropped now. He's going to get... He's played 90 minutes every single game week. I think, isn't he like the only Manchester City player to have done that? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Edison hasn't done it. Diaz hasn't done it. Has anyone else played? No, surely not. Yeah, I think yeah. he's probably spot on. Diaz is the only player that's played 90 minutes every single game. Is this the week he gets paid? Is this the week? And then the week I finally really wanted to play, like this week, he's probably going to get benched. Um, There's no point even thinking like that, though. You, no, just, so you just have to ride I'm, it. Yeah. So you look at my team and you, you hopefully people are thinking, huh, that's, but yeah. White has got City. Let's just pretend that doesn't exist. Um, Trent Brighton, Double City against Palace, Christensen against Newcastle, and then Salah, Mount against Newcastle, Rafinha against Norwich, Kane against United, and Tony against Villa, Tony against Burnley. I mean, that that, that sounds lovely. It's decent. I'd be, oh, I'm really I interested. Put, I bring Umbomo in for Gallagher and put Umbomo first bench over Livermento, who's got Watford. Yeah, it just seems unnecessary if you're going to do that. And, but... and I'd rather just roll my second transfer and then next week probably say, see you later, Kane, jiggle about a bit and, and have two free transfers and try not to take a hit rather than yep. make a bench transfer, which is a good one. You know, a, a bomb first bench, Cancelo doesn't play. I've got double guys against Burnley and then Norwich coming on next week. But I think I'd just rather, I don't know, Keep my starting 11, have a decent first bench with Livramento and see what I can get with two free transfers next week. But this depends. I mean, if Rafinha's out, for example, I'll probably do something. Yeah, I think you have to sort something out. But yeah, I don't think, you know, playing 5-2-3 with Livramento coming in at the back is, is the end of the world either. Uh, if you have to bench Rafinha, if he's only out for a game week or... I mean, fingers crossed he's fit and we don't even need to think like that. But um, the thing, the big thing that I'm interested in is the Kane versus Man United because it's like Tottenham haven't exactly been setting the world alight with the amount of goals they've been scoring. And obviously Man United are fresh off this terrible result against Liverpool. I really wonder whether Man United will bounce back or whether Spurs will have the same same level of joy against United. I, I really don't know. I can't call it. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to leave it. I think that's the, best, that's the best thing. I don't know what to do, so I'm going to do nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's why you brought Kane in, right? To have a few fixtures where you keep yeah, him and see what happens. Because we don't know about Lukaku. Uh, I'm, I'm all right with Mount. I'd be gutted if Mount gets dropped after banging a hat-trick and Christmas and miss another yeah. game. Um, I'd be pretty gutted about that, but that's just it. That's what I've got to do. But Kane, Kane will play unless he's injured, right? I mean, 
Kane's not going to get dropped. Yeah, I really don't. I really don't think Mount will will go anywhere now. I think he was first choice regardless. I think he was just nursed back into the starting eleven after the injury. Um, but Newcastle awaits a tasty fixture for Mount. Anything is a bonus for me. He's he's done all he needs to do. A hat trick and an assist is incredible stuff. Anything else in the next couple of games will be an absolute bonus. Um, but yeah, I think it's a decent team, decent looking team. You, you might get some save points it for Guaita. I mean, it did last week. I got 101 points, but yeah, just, I don't know. There's always something stupid that's going to happen. I mean, like Salah's going to get injured this week and FPL is just going to destroy itself. Oh, come um, on. Look at the positive side. You've got a green, big green arrow, You something something to build on now. Uh, yeah. And I think that's a really decent team. So, yeah, I think you could be really positive about that, mate, to be honest. Same. Well, okay, let's move on to my team. I'll be even more positive. Uh, misery guts, Eeyore over here. Um, <laughs> I've moved Tomato to Reese James because I had the exact money to do it. I couldn't afford Chilwell. Uh, fingers crossed James plays. I, I think he, he adds an element of creativity to that Chelsea side. They looked um, different gravy, really, when he was playing. A decent goal. Uh, but I'm not really That's expecting... Not really expecting goals from him. I'm just expecting assists and, um, you know, anything on top of the clean sheets for Chelsea is decent. I didn't have a Chelsea defence uh, or Ch- Chelsea defender. So the Chelsea clean sheet really hurt me uh, this week. Yeah, I didn't either. So, but I can't complain. I had a really good, good game week. So I think that's a really decent back three. Hopefully, if if James plays the next few, I, I that's think. That's great. Um, I think Azpilicueta probably comes back in and plays right centre-back, to be honest, because they can't play Chalabar and uh, Thiago Silva every game week because Thiago Silva's not getting any younger and Chalabar's not getting any older. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is, but he's still fairly young. <laughs> Chalabar's not getting any older. <laughs> he's not going to keep those young legs forever, or is he? So, yeah, I mean, that's my point. I think as Azpilicueta just probably slots back in at right centre-back rather than threatening James. But this James is about Christian. the whole bench thing I said earlier. I've got Christensen. He doesn't play. I'll, I'll live with it. I think you'll accept the same for James. Right? The problem with James, why I'd rather have Chilwell maybe, is James has a tendency to come off the bench if he yeah. doesn't play. Yeah. Uh, but um, if he does play, oh, there's, 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 what, three other, two other defenders in the entire league that you'd rather have over him? Trent and maybe Cancelo, and you've got both of them anyway. Like they're probably Chilwell. You put Chilwell in there, and that's probably the best back four in FPL right now. I would rather have Chilwell than Reese James, but I couldn't afford it. Just gonna get um, there. Uh, so that that was a zero we'll point zero. Money if you get rid of Antonio, though, <laughs> maybe or the future. Yeah. So my 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 plan is potentially moving Antonio out for. A uh, four point five or something like that, and getting this, this is a good team now, Ted. Like, so I've got Kane taking up my funds there. You've got Kevin De Bruyne, but you've got Jimenez and Antonio, and I've got Kane. So I think I don't think our team is too different. I think it's four. It's weird, isn't it? Like we make different decisions and have different styles, but we still end up having similar players. In the so end. you've it's... got you've got Guaita, um, Christensen. And then... Um, Diaz and Cancelo and Trent. I've got Trent as well. Yeah, but you've got Kane, you've got Gallagher. Oh, maybe it's a little bit more different than I thought. We've got... But... I th- okay, we've got Trent the same, Cancelo the same, Salah the same, Mount the same, Rafinha the same, Tony the same. We've got seven of the same players. So it's it's Jimenez, De Bruyne, James, Ramsdale versus your uh, Guaita, Diaz, Gallagher Kane, and Kane. Kane yeah. Christensen. 
Yeah, so it's not it's not too different, but I think we've got key players in there who are destined to to do well. Fingers crossed. But yeah, I mean, future plans for me maybe Antonio out and maybe bring in Foden um, potentially. We'll see. Um, but it will be a minus. It will be a minus four. Yeah. So fingers crossed we can build on these green arrows. But yeah, feeling feeling pretty good at the moment. Hopefully, um, more green arrows to come. But yeah, uh, let's leave it there, mate. We've we've been talking hour and 45, so that was a pretty long one. Um, but thank you so much for joining me, offering your insight as well. And um, yeah, I feel like we've got a really comprehensive view of the game week now, don't we? Got me mouth, mate. Just an opinionated person. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you start talking about Salah being benched... That's... I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to be waiting for that letter. Oh, that that sincere, heartfelt, loving letter when uh when salah is unfortunately benched this this game week oh my uh, god it'll be a christmas card by the time it happens i'll tell you that yeah but you know it, it would be yeah the, the, the mail is, <laughs> is awfully slow well okay thanks all in the chat for joining us um hope you have a really good game week 10 six six days to, to go and um yeah green arrows to you all and have some fun guys that's the only thing like don't let it get to you it's a, it's a game have a chat about it and relax and enjoy it you know that's, that's exactly that's what it's for but i can completely i mean you know understand like when you if you do have a bad game week it it puts me in a mood i know i don't oh, know about yeah, you but yeah. yeah but you have to celebrate it when you do have a good game week we don't know how to celebrate good game weeks that's the thing in sport I mean, me sliding all around the house <laughs> maybe it's just me then <laughs> maybe a cup of coffee this morning's running slid on my knees got coffee everywhere my wife was furious <laughs> Why have you done this, Rob? Oh, yeah, 100-plus points in FPL. Captain banged it, 101. She's like, what are you talking about? Why didn't you captain Lukaku? And I said, don't get into that. I don't want to discuss it. I've just discussed it with Ted. I ain't discussing it with you. Wow, love it. An insight into the FPL Hall household. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Right, we'll leave it there.